You're listening to the Soul Shape Podcast, where we focus on your spiritual fitness, or what we like to call your energetic self-care. We're sisters and the co-founders of Soul Shape, a quantum wellness app designed to make it easier and accessible to find healing practitioners in the energy healing world and the soon-to-be Soul Gym. We want to have soulful conversations about spirituality and holistic wellness, and whether you are dabbling or taking a deep dive into energy healing, we want to introduce modalities and healing practitioners to you one by one. So it's time to get into Soul Shape. My name is LJ Woodard, and this is my sister, Leslie Bennett. Leslie, who are we talking with today? Well, we're talking with Ashlyn Aquarius. She is an intuitive card reader and a spiritual life coach. Say it again, Leslie. This is going to be a good episode, I can tell. (laughs) No, so Ashlyn Aquarius is an Ashlyn Aquarius is an intuitive card coach, card coach, card reader. Oh my gosh! You want to take it from here, Ashlyn Aquarius. First of all, just the name alone. Don't you just love her name? We had an audience here. They'd say, "Yes, Ashlyn Aquarius. She's an intuitive card reader and spiritual life coach." It's hard to say because it's kind of a mouthful. And what today we're going to be talking about is clarity. And man, do we need some clarity, Leslie? I need some clarity right now. I'm like, how to speak well. Really about how to reach clarity. And Ashlyn Aquarius is with her uh, her offerings and what she does. It helps people achieve their clarity. And I'm going to give a little background about Miss Ashlyn here. And she has many, many spiritual talents. And she is a certified Reiki practitioner. She's an intuitive card reader with years of professional experience in the metaphysical community. Uh, If you live here in Wilmington, North Carolina, some of you might have met her doing a reading at a local event festival or at the High Wire. I mean, I could go on and on so many different places. I mean, that's how I met you when it was Mystical Elements, now Alchemy and Aura. Let's give her a shout out. Um, But Ashlyn uses a combination of scientific and spiritual healing methods to help others reach clarity, find local resources for long-term growth, and make meaningful changes in their life. And that's lovely. Um, So just to get right into it. Ashlyn Aquarius, the first time I met her was for an oracle reading. I wanted some clarity. I wanted some answers. I was seeking I did I, I, help in making decisions. I could go this way or that way. And for those of you listening, that means left or right. So, uh, <laughs> Ashlyn, tell us about um, what made you get started in, I mean, you're an NC State graduate, right? But you ended up going into this holistic field of helping people, Um doing oracle readings probably to start was that one of the first things you started doing tarot and oracle reading yeah it was so it was actually while I was in college that I went to a spirit Halloween time of year um, with a bunch of my friends and we just saw a deck of tarot cards and everyone was really fascinated by them I didn't know much about the spiritual realm other than a couple of weird experiences that I had had personally that we didn't really talk about back then raised Catholic you know Methodist all that good stuff So as I kind of continued on my journey of spirituality, I realized that there was something else there that I was able to connect with and tap into. And it felt like it was coming from like within me, around me, above me. It was just a really interesting state of flow almost that kind of took over. And all of a sudden I was able to help people understand their life circumstances in a very different way. Mm. A lot of these people, you know, myself included, we had been in and out of therapy. We had tried all of the things, the deep breathing, the meditation, the going outside, and it does help. But there's something really extra special about being able to connect with yourself, with your ancestors, with your body, and coming to some 
form of truth in that mm-hmm. way. It's it's a lot more profound, I think, which is why, you know, I was in school to be a therapist. I was going to go off and get my master's and eventually my doctorate and maybe become a psychiatrist. But the science was not showing that that was the most clear path, I guess is the best way to put it. It seemed like we needed a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And maybe you do need a therapist, but maybe you also need a spiritual group. Maybe you also need a shaman. Maybe you also need Reiki sometimes. Maybe you need mushrooms. Um, the legal You're kinds. speaking Leslie's language. You need, you need a little bit. It's, she likes to call it, what's it called, your justice league? Yeah. Yeah. Your spiritual I mean, I'm justice league. I'm just like in such a state of bliss right now because... You know, I'm I'm one to advocate East and West blend, mm-hmm. blending. It one's not the way, um, and I do believe that your body, your soul, your heart, your mind tells you what it is that you may need. So I have gone to a shaman, I have gone to a past life regression, I've gone to a between lives regression, I've gone to Joe Dispenza and meditated for a week, I've gone down to Machu Picchu and worked with the Kiro. You know, I've, <laughs> I sound like a crazy person, but... No, you um, don't. <laughs> and I don't. You sound lucky like you get to do all those things. I, oh. and, and I'm grateful, but I also know that I listened to what it was that I needed to, to heal and feel better and find my next pages of my chapter, because um, Ashlyn doesn't know me very well, but... Um, you know, my story is I lost my husband, and I was, for two years, lived just getting through the day without, you know, leaving. Um, I wasn't suicidal, but I wasn't here either. Um, so yeah, I did all that, you know, got to get clarity of, like, what is the end chapter of my life? Um, or what's the next chapter even? What's the next day even? So um, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think... You know, when when someone comes to you and, and a lot of people reach out to whatever healing practitioner or modality person because there is some sort of clarity they need in your life. Um, so what what do you do to help them navigate that? Because you don't give them the answers. You give them the, the, the possibilities, right? Yeah, a lot of it is possibilities. I explain tarot is kind of like a divine calculation. We've got... The past plus the present equals the future, right? That present is constantly changing based on how we're feeling, what we want to manifest, what decisions are available to us. So we always have the power to change that equation, which is really cool. So basically what I do is I just put in the pieces together and I say this is the projected outcome approximately. What do you want to shift? Do you like this? Does this feel good to you? And one thing that we always talk about is what truth feels like to a lot of people. And I think that that's hard whenever we're deciding between, is this my intuition? Is this my ego? Am I just really stressed out about this? Is this just something that I want really badly? Mm -hmm. Truth is not immediate. It's not this vast force of impulse. It's not emotional. Truth is, (sighs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably need to do that. I'm just sitting here going... So when you wait, she just did a physical thing. Truth is just like, that's an intuitive feeling, right? That mm-hmm. feeling when you're like, I already know the answer. This is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. That, what is that word called? It's called knowing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I think there's, there was a lot in what you just said. For sure. I mean, we could go down many, many paths. And, and first off, I want to talk about, you know, is it the ego? Is it the 
you know, your soul, but you used a different word, and I'm blanking on what it is. But I'm, Ego or intuition. Ego and intuition. And, and that, how, let's start there. How does one know the difference? And it may be back to what LJ just said. It's just like, oh, you kind of know. But sometimes you don't because you're so wrapped up in the situation or you're so emotions in my in my case i was so clouded in grief and pain that i couldn't tell i was so clogged both for both i mean sometimes you could tell the ego a little bit more but sometimes it was so hard to navigate that so how what advice do you give as you go coach um your clients through that well there's a couple of thoughts on my mind, but I would say the first one is ego says, I have to do this alone. It's my burden to carry. I have to do it by myself. Lord, Hands that's off. me. <laughs> We're so, all sitting there going, yeah. oh, I've I had know. those moments. God, that yeah. was the ego? <laughs> okay. Ego is very proud. And it's not to say that you can't do it alone, but I think as people, we are just better equipped to do it with others. And that's why we reach out to our family, our friends, our shamans, our spiritual help. Um, our ancestors, whatever it may be. Mm. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be a person outside of you, but it has to be some form of kind of teammate that you've got within you, whether it's your higher self, your inner child, your ancestors, your spirit guides, all of those things, mm -hmm. a higher power. But overall, what I've sensed mostly from my own ego is that ego feels like just a hurricane of emotions. It's grief, it's anger, it's sadness, it's abandonment, it's all of those things. Mm. Truth, intuition is like a water washing over you. It's just like all of those feelings kind of dissipate. We've reached a flow state. It's very neutral in emotion. It's very neutral in energy force. You might feel kind of this surgence of power almost within yourself, but that's just what truth feels like. It's, um, it just feels like a breath of fresh air. And I guess that's why it's easier for me to read cards for other people because I'm able to put my own bias and my ego aside, just be a clear vessel for that person. So it's not always easy for me to read my own cards either. That's why I reach out for help. Yeah, me too. Um, I was also going to say I had some clarity while I was here um, in regards to an aha moment. Like, oh. With your reading with Ashlyn? No. No, something else? Yes, the, the, massa the oh, massage. Oh, the massage. Yeah. Um, you know, An energetic massage. We were um, talking, and, and she said something, and I could make the connection, and I my body released. Mm -hmm. So there's also that release point, too. You're like, oh, that's what I would, that's the message I've been trying to receive. Wait, truth and intuit, truth is a release. Are you asking me or telling me? I think that's what it is. When you said <laughs> truth and intuition, when you finally the ego releases it, so mm -hmm. that's a release. So when you can be truthful, that's what's healing because it's a release. Am I going ding, ding, ding? Did I just win a, a prize? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's about clearing the vessel, right? So whenever you're doing any type of cleansing or reading, meditation, you want to cleanse your body first. Usually we start with the breath. Okay. It's the inhale and the, yes. that's how we start it. It's, it's a very simple process. And I think a lot of human beings, we just put this extra, oh, I need to have all these ingredients and all these, you know, certain sayings and, and all this stuff. And it, it's as simple as just taking that breath, opening up your body and being willing to receive the answer. I would say that's the hardest part is sometimes we know the answer yeah. We don't like the answer, and so we close ourselves off to the answer. We feel it encroaching, and we kind of energetically go, no, thank you. You almost want the reader, an intuitive reader like you, to tell us. It's like, 
This is what I think the answer is. Like, I'm thinking it. I wonder if she's going to just tell it to me, too. <laughs> just yeah. sometimes there's a little bit of that. And we always we always know all along, I think. Mm-hmm. I say that to people very often, that you didn't come in here not knowing any of this. You came here knowing all of this. The cool part is that I really didn't know any of this, and so I'm telling you this. And what I would say is what helps people more than what I say is the fact that the universe is listening and is paying attention to them. That's the big part, is whenever you sit down at my table and you don't ask me any questions, you don't say anything, Mm -hmm. and I'm just able to kind of tell you, this is what's been going on, this is how you feel about it, this is what the universe thinks that you want to do, how do you feel? And the person goes, oh my God, I'm not alone. That's the big part. That's the big healing part. That's the truth that the universe is working with you, that they do care very intimately about how you feel. They want you to feel better. They want you to be happy, as long as that's what you want. So speaking from an everyday person, my sister is so much more spiritual, holistic than I. But when we're talking about the universe and this, so when you go to get an or- a tarot or oracle reading, and maybe we'll talk about the differences too, but the cards, the cards are like the universe, right? The cards, you, you, you're, you're dealing, not dealing them, you're shuffling them, and then... You, 21. Laura. I know. <laughs> exactly. I'm speaking in layman terms for the folks out there. And the cards, how many cards, whatever, you, you draw, put some cards out, and they have symbolism and they have meaning. And that's the universe giving you not necessarily the answers, but I don't know. Help me with this here. I always say it's playing charades with the universe a little okay. bit. We've got a lot of Ooh. thoughts, feelings, symbols, imagery. And whenever you're pulling the cards, The cards are there to help visually um, give you cues on which direction to go, but the cards alone aren't telling you. It's more so a connection that you have with that specific deck. The imagery will tell you a different story than it tells me, and so that meaning depends, which is why whenever I teach like a tarot class, I do certification classes for that. It's a very intuitive base. We do teach about the Rider-Waite versions and all Mm. of the meanings behind the 78 cards, but... We talk a lot about what does this mean to you whenever you see this color and whenever you see this image and, you know, what's going on with you for that number. Was there something important there? So it becomes a lot more personal to the reader and also to the person as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, just the other day there was somebody that I was reading for and their deity came through with the very first card that I pulled. And uh, the deck that you left me was the deck that I was supposed to use for her. That's her deity. The Cali? Mm -hmm. It was her deck and it was for her. She had that deck at home. She was astounded. And I was like, it was the universe. It just, you know, somebody gave me that deck to use. I went back for that deck too. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how it works. It's an ongoing conversation. The cards just help you with the talking points. The cards help you focus your questions better, but you don't need them at all. Wow. Are you okay? No, I just think it's it's not just very... It can be fun. It can be cool. It can be all these things. I always think when any of these um, modalities that anyone wants to explore, you know, to be open to it, the possibilities, because... First of all, like I said, it can be fun and cool at first, but then it becomes so much more, so much more, so much more rich, so much more insightful. So that's why I love talking about it, because I think all of us, as much as some people say I'm not at all into this at all, it's too woo-woo for me. But, man, I mean, I've uh, I've uh, done Oracle cards with just my family and everyone. You know, how did we all pick just that right card that was mm-hmm. right for us? Mm-hmm. It's pretty, I mean, it's fascinating. Not just fascinating, but just dun-dun-dun. <laughs> I want to 
says that word too. It's just so interesting. It's yeah. It's <laughs> well, it's a lot of things, and I want to go down a question. That's why I'm trying to like hold my peace and now listen to you as well because mm-hmm. I have a question in my head. Okay, go for it. All right. So I want to use my reading that we had yeah. on Saturday. I want to hear about it <clears throat> because. Um, you know, I'm contemplating a move here to North Carolina. Just, just, just that was the the brief for the conversation, for the starting point for the conversation. And my personal viewpoint on on readings is that it is a possibility. Um, it's a viewpoint of from spirit. Um, but I've also had readings where you can explore different opportunities. Because I think one of the questions was more of a timing, that the move was not bad, it wasn't clear, but but to go and explore timing or the path's not quite open yet. That's another thing, too, that's come up in reading, not just this one, but I'm sure in other people's readings where it's there, but it's not there. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We call that getting ready to be ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What I would say is the universe is ready and willing whenever we are ready and willing. And so a lot of times (laughs) we say to ourselves a million times that we're ready, that we're prepared, but the universe knows deep down that there is something that's kind of standing in the way that we've put there strategically, subconsciously sometimes, sometimes consciously. But they don't want us to be thrown into something that we're not ready for yet which is why I always try to be super comfortable wherever I am because that means there's something important here for me. And so I often try to tell people it's not about blazing through the obstacle and rushing full force ahead. It's about sitting still and trying to figure out why your higher self puts you where you are right now. Why, is, why are things being slowed down? You know, um, And usually from that state of mind and from that point of view, we can find a lot of answers about what we really want. Um, Sometimes it's that time between what we want and getting it that we really figure out we want something different or that we have a different timeline or maybe there is an opportunity that arises and we just haven't met that person yet or met that house yet or whatever it might be. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was it was really cool because I felt like it, it, you know, the cards that came up were very interesting and I don't remember what they were. I just sort of remember the tone that there was this. It was a huge possibility, but that the timing wasn't very clear and the location wasn't very clear because it it also seemed to indicate that maybe it's not Wilmington, but it's not necessarily staying at home. And when you say ready to be ready, I'm going to again put myself out there. You know, this house that I'm in now was my moving forward from Bill um, and I'm getting I can feel emotions starting to rise within me as I'm talking you know, that to leave that house, yeah. you know, is, is, is that I'm losing, it could be I'm losing him all over again, but it's also, you know, that it honors the journey that got me to this point today. So there's a lot wrapped into that letting go of that house. And I don't even know if you realize that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pointing to my sister. <laughs> um, you know, I cried when I saw that house on Zillow. Like I wept. I knew it was my house. I'm also feeling a souring of the milk with that house, like it's time for me to move on. So that's why the cards were so interesting. Um, And I'm just, I'm sharing because I know that there are those that, you know, really need answers. Like sometimes I'm stuck, I really need answers. 
But I also want to stress, too, that, you know, sometimes the answer is not ready. And like you said, it's ready to be ready. Mm-hmm. It's so as a about, life coach, yeah, yeah how, do you, how do you navigate someone through that? Like That I cannot fully answer. Yeah. I wish I understood it better. Yeah. But a lot of it is I'm just able to feel out energetically where that person is and what type of information they can handle. It's not that I'm withholding information, but it's more so the way that it's delivered. Some people need more firm. That person's no good for you and your body knows it. <laughs> Get dumped. He's dangerous. Yeah. Send yeah. Him to, cut him to the curb. <laughs> and sometimes we need more of a, well, how would you put your life if you could? You know, how would you rearrange it if you could? Mm. It just depends on the person, the energy. And a lot of times it is a conversation. I'm talking to them. I'm kind of picking up on their comfortability with said topic. And and a lot of times if we're going into a, a deeper realm of topic, I'll say, do you want to even go here? Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable with this topic? Because a lot of times I'm a stranger. Mm-hmm. And I understand that people don't often, you know, especially like if there is a past loved one, sometimes they come through and they haven't seen or talked to their dad in 20 years. That's something that's hard to navigate. So a lot of it is just asking questions, determining comfortability, and having that conversation naturally. Mm-hmm. But I think it is something that all people can do. That is the one. Like I always tell people, there's nothing special about me. It's just I have an ability to kind of put my own emotions for that person aside. Not to say that I don't care, but it's more so I'm able to compartmentalize that become an open vessel and just tell them what they need to hear in that moment, what they're capable of hearing in that moment. And then they kind of digest, they receive, and it's it's awesome. Sometimes I'll have people contact me six months, a year later, and they'll be like, I got out of that relationship. Thank you. Or, you know, I quit that job and I started my own business and now I'm moving into a bigger building, that kind of thing. It's just like, it's a slow process. I'm not expecting people to leave my table transformed. It's a seed that's been planted. They have to water it. Their spirit guides have to water it. Yeah, Choices have to come, usually, but when you're ready. I love... I love that. <laughs> that, you know, these are seeds. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that I've always advocated for is self-empowerment, right? I don't have to listen to you, Ashlyn. Mm-hmm. But if I enjoy listening to Ashlyn. I do. I know. I do, too. <laughs> But I I think that's one of the cool things with the cards. I don't have to listen to it. And the other thing, too, is, you know, we could have wiped those cards away and talked about a different possibility. What do the cards look like if I stay in San Diego? You know, and that would have been a different conversation. But, you know, this, you know, this was a five minute, 10 minute sort of conversation that we had because given it was an opening and and I just wanted to because she was going to be a guest on the podcast. I just wanted to see and get to know her, like unlike Laura, who's had many experiences with you. So um, that's what I think is really nice about these. It's a conversation mm-hmm. with spirit. You're just the messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, so have there been some really strange messages that you've had? And do yes. you want to share any of those good ones? Because I like some, some spiritual gossip. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, it depends on the subject and how spooky you guys want to get. Because I've, I've seen a lot. I've well, what's heard one of lot. your favorites? How about that? Oh, gosh. One of my favorites. Well, we're going to have to use a little bit of ethical stuff going on there mm-hmm. because we can't. There is some obligation to withhold certain Let's information. Let's call them Bob. Yeah, we'll call them Bob, okay? <laughs> um, gosh, I would say um, some of my most powerful have definitely been with 
people's loved ones who have transferred over. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically people who come in and they don't even tell me that they're missing a loved one. They just came in for a general reading and we'll kind of get started and all of a sudden somebody's dad or somebody's uncle is like right there. Um, And it's always a really profound experience, especially for people who understand that there might be stuff out there, but they've not quite experienced it for themselves. You know, there's a difference between knowing and knowing something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's always really cool to kind of open up those types of doors. And a lot of times, I would say the biggest thing that I found from, you know, our past loved ones is that they're okay. They want us to know that they're fine. The only thing they worry about is us worrying. So they just want to be there for us. They want to make sure that we're happy, that we're making the right decisions. And I always tell people, you know, your ancestors, they can come in and they can protect you. They can do all of these things, but you have to ask for their help with specific things. And so my big goal to teach everyone is remember to ask for help. Like wherever you are, whatever you're feeling, remember to reach out to your loved ones. Remember to reach out to your family and your friends here on earth, but also in the other dimensions because they are willing, they want to help, and they want to have a conversation with you, not just with me through, you know, through me to you, but it's more so they want that individual relationship with you. And so I'm just there to kind of open up the door to say, hey, they're here, they've been here the whole time. You don't need me to contact them. You don't need me to connect with Earth. And that's my big goal is uh, just reminding people that. And there's been a lot of really cool experiences with that. So your spiritual powers, when you say, um, you know, your dad's here, your son's here, wherever, are you seeing them or feeling them? It depends. Mm-hmm. It definitely depends on um, how long the spirit has passed. Um, what I've found is that spirits that have passed for a longer period of time It's not that they don't remember that they were your Uncle Joe. It's that their spirit has kind of evolved into a more just energetic being. And so they're kind of just flowing with source. And a lot of times what they come through is um, there's either a matriarch or a patriarch that comes through to speak on behalf of many. And it's almost like we'll talk to that one for a little while and then somebody else will come through with a little bit of information. But they've almost kind of come together as this one single energetic force that's moving behind you at all times. So, yeah, there, there's a lot to it, but, yeah. When, how old were you when you got your first experience with that? Oh, I'm man. <laughs> well, I was pretty young whenever I first started seeing, like, little things here and there. It didn't creep me out that bad, but we actually, okay, we lived in kind of a haunted house, my first house ever. My parents actually built it, but the land it was on, we swear that weird things happened, and... There was a room in the house called the Purple Room. It was like the guest room. Nobody stayed in there. It's always the Purple Room. (laughs) Um, Just weird things would happen every now and then. And I would kind of see just like maybe like a shadow figure. And I'd kind of like look at it a little bit funny and be like, okay. You know, they didn't scare me too bad. There were some weird instances. But I would say the first mediumship experience was actually in college. And that was a pretty crazy experience. I don't know if I've ever told you guys Mm -mm. before. So this was uh, college. I would say it was my junior year of college, maybe sophomore year. Um, I was sitting in a big auditorium lecture hall with like 100 or more students. It was one of the first days of class for that semester. I didn't know anybody, and I was late. So I came all the way in, and I sat like at the very back of the class. And for some reason that day, we were learning about meditation. And so very quickly, we all were being guided by this professor to, you know, calm down our breathing and get started and all that kind of stuff. And 
as I was doing that, I like really released. I really let it go. And all of a sudden, I got this image of a man in my head that I had never gotten before. Typically, my memory is like I can see the teacup in my mind, but I'm not really seeing it whenever I think of something. It's more of like a black screen. Mm -hmm. This was like behind my closed eyes. Out of the darkness came this man's head, and he was laughing, and he was having a great old time, and he he was an African-American man. He had, like, short, gray, curly hair, a peppery beard. He's Morgan Freeman. He's Morgan Freeman, basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was seeing him. I was hearing his laugh. I was, like, his whole—I can still, to this day, recall he had little freckles on his face and all kinds of stuff. It was so cool. And he just kept laughing and laughing, and I was like, am I losing my mind? What is this that I'm seeing, you know? And um, all of a sudden, as soon as I started, like, tapping into, like, who are you? Why are you here? What's going on? Like, I'm in class. Um, he started showing me these two blue lights. Just all of a sudden, he was vanished, and there were two blue lights, and they were kind of dancing around each other, and, and they were having fun. And then all of a sudden, this, like, third blue light kind of came in and started swirling around with these blue lights. And I was like, okay, well, like, what does that mean? And then all of a sudden, I was transported into somebody's living room. And there was a little African-American boy in a diaper, and he was running around this coffee table. And I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this thought, you know? And the man came back, and he just kept laughing and laughing. And it was like a happy, jolly laugh. And I was like, well... If this is a message for somebody, I don't know what it means, and I don't know how I'm supposed to get it to the person that you want me to get it to. And um, I told him, you know, if you're really persistent, you've, you've got to give me a sign of who. And all the way down at the very front of the class, a young African-American woman raises her hand to ask a question to the professor. And I was like, okay, weird timing. Could be something strange. Like, we'll see. Um, a few more minutes passed by, you know, we're getting class started, and I was like, okay, spirit, like, be for real. Like, if it is this person, I'll go talk to them after class. I have no idea what I'm going to say, but I'll say something. She raises her hand again, and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And I was literally having a panic attack like the whole class because I don't know this person, and I don't know what I'm about to say, but sure enough, class lets out. She's packing up. I go down the little stairs to go talk to her in her seat, and these kind of seats are the ones that, like, you fold up and they fold over top mm -hmm. of you, you know, like the old school style. Well, I go up to her and I try to introduce myself and she goes to stand up while she's pregnant. I'm like, oh. 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 <laughs> and so I say, um, do you happen to have a grandfather that's passed? And she said, yes. I said, do you happen to be pregnant with a boy? She said, yes. How do you know that? Like, I haven't even really told people in my life yet. And I was like... Do you happen to have two other sons? Yes. Okay. Your grandpa is here to let you know that this baby's going to come out just fine, that he's going to get along with his siblings just fine, and that you, it's going to go well. She just starts crying because she's been having anxiety her whole pregnancy for some reason that this baby's not going to come out well. And she's been panicking about it, and she's been praying to her grandfather, trying to make sure that this baby comes out okay. <laughs> wow! <laughs> So I left that conversation um, shaking a little bit just because I was like, well, one, I'm crazy and I'm also not crazy. And what the heck was that? A few days later, she comes back with a picture of her granddaddy. Morgan Freeman. It was Morgan Freeman, oh basically. God. Yeah, it was the guy. It was the guy through and through. And it was a really beautiful experience. And she gave me permission to share that story because I was just like, 
I'm going to have to tell people about this. This is crazy. Is and it kind of like there, when you open that vessel now, like that muscle? Mm-hmm. Is this really now when it kind of yeah. started? I would say the that's practice. definitely when it started, for sure. That's whenever things got weird for me, um, just because even though that had happened, I was still very afraid of everything. I was still, like, even now, like, thinking back to that time, I'm like, I remember that feeling so well of just being like, am I losing my mind? Am I bamboozling this person? Or am I receiving something that I don't understand? And over and over, I just kind of had to prove it to myself through action. It was just, I'm feeling this. Does this make sense to you? And time after time, people being like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But I had to just put it into practice. There was no room for fear, I guess, with spirit. Like, you have to just tell the truth. You have to give what is received. And I guess kind of put your feelings about being wrong aside. That's the big part is, like, don't be afraid to be wrong. Just say what you're feeling because that person, even if it's, like, I remember one time I had, like, a fish pop up in somebody's Reiki. I was like, I'm seeing a fish. What does this mean? <laughs> well, you know, their whole family is Pisces and they love fish. They're big koi people. And like, you know, they're, it's they're like a fishing thing that they would do with their dad. It's like, it's really crazy the way that things kind of come out like that. What appears. Mm-hmm. I would say you gained a lot of clarity just through trust. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Trusting the universe and trusting the source that is receiving to me at least, um, that it has positive information for people. That's really the big thing is I just, I hope and I pray that it makes sense to them so that it can help them in some way, shape or form. That's really cool. Um, getting back to the cards, (laughs) cause like a thought came into my mind as you were talking. We love the cards. One, that's an amazing story, by the way. Um, the kid's now 23. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, but I, I just wonder, getting back to the cards, you know, do you have a favorite card? Do you have a favorite deck? Do you have a favorite style of reading the cards? Um, there was a lot. There's three questions yeah. there. So choose, there choose a question and go. <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, I'm a big Rider Waite fan. Rider Waite you can find in any metaphysical store for the most part. That's like the most common one. Uh, That's the 78 cards. They mean something different depending on the upright or the reversed. But I love to mix Oracle in there. And for Oracle, I've probably got maybe 10 other decks that I swap in and out. I always describe it to people like if I was going to be writing an essay, tarot is the outline to the paper and Oracle is the body paragraphs. It's kind of like the bullet points. Mm. So you can work together with these things to tell a better story sometimes. And also, depending on the person, occasionally tarot, like certain decks will have certain attitudes. (laughs) And um, some of my decks are a little bit more firm with the things that they say. And so depending on the energy of a person, I might pull just a few of those tarot cards. And then I'm going to bring in a more light and fluffy oracle deck that they're going to love the pictures. They're going to resonate with the energies and they're going to be able to receive that message better. Other people, they need the harder oracle deck that I have that's all about where are your wounds at? You know, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. And all of that, it just comes through source. A lot of it is just, you know, they'll tell me, stop pulling from this deck, move over to the left. And I just kind of intuitively grab and go from there. But my favorite deck that I use that I've used from the beginning is the Spirit Halloween deck, which is it's just simple. It's got, like, monsters and, like, spooky stuff on it, which is I love Halloween. It's my favorite time of year. So I've always resonated with that one, but I do have uh, quite a few Oracle decks that I really, really love, Mm. definitely. Mm. Um, I love the Oracle of the Hidden Worlds. That's a really great one. And then there's uh, 
Sacred animal power. I love that one for like giving people, you know, what type of energy are you going to be embodying here soon? Is it going to be the otter? Is it going to be the deer? And uh, a lot of people, they might tell me weeks later, like, oh, I saw that creature on somebody's shirt the other day and I was thinking of whatever. And so it kind of just like, even if you don't ever see a buffalo in the wild, you're going to find it in really weird ways. Yeah, the signs. Yeah, yeah. That might be a good thing to do. Like, what's my animal card for the year at the beginning of the year? I love doing uh, yearly spreads or birthday spreads, especially mm-hmm. anytime it's somebody's birthday, we'll do like the 12 card spread to just see all of the different possibilities for the months. And you take a picture of it, like, you know, on your birthday and you look at it throughout the year. It's yeah. kind of interesting how it works. I found mine from this past year to be very accurate. Wow. Oh, so what's coming up in the end of the year for you? <laughs> well, I would say I knew from the beginning that this year was going to be very transformative, and it has been. There's been a lot of shifts and changes and kind of almost like up-levelings in ways and then kind of waiting in other ways, so waiting to see what happens next year. But this fall and winter are definitely transformative, releasing a lot of stuff, and a lot of truth is coming up, and we're just having to decide how we want to handle that truth, yeah. which path we want to continue down in the future. But it's, um, I would say it's, it's been a little bit of a heavy fall, just a little bit for me especially. But I know the whole point of being able to share about your life story is so that other people know that they're not alone. So that's my big message right now for everyone in the fall is that if you're going through it, you're not alone. You're not alone. It is the collective. I hear it every day. I see it every day in myself. And there's something really important about where we are, though. It's, it's bringing a lot of truth to light for us, and it's helping us understand where we want to go. Wow. Who knew just getting a reading could be so, so deep? <laughs> I really, I can't, I, there's, when you go to, like, say, I mean, we can go to your website, ashlandaquarius.com, right, and find out where you are to get readings, to get spiritual coaching, um, Reiki, anything. To get clarity. You can also go to the Soul Shape app where she is listed with all her services as well. Because um, you do such a variety of modalities. And I wonder, like, to, I don't know if we have time, but like, a little bit. Um, to choose. Like, when someone comes up to you, um, or books a session, I mean, you, I don't know, is it always with an oracle reading? Or do you think, we got to start with meditation with you? Or like, you know what, let's, you need some Reiki. I mean, do you just, is it something you sense? Yeah, a lot of times, most people will start with the Tarot and Oracle, just because that's how I began. But I also meet a lot of people through the Mushroom Club, so Mm -hmm. so more so through the holistic lens of things. But um, I actually do offer like a spiritual life coaching course. It's just like a little class that we can do for 30 minutes to an hour where you can ask any question you want to. We can talk about any subject you want to. And depending on what you're needing, we might pull out the tarot cards. We might do a sound bath. We might go outside and go for a nature adventure while we're walking and talking. It's a bit more, It's there's no one size yeah, fits all for very this. personal. It's very personal, yeah. And you mentioned the mushrooms, because before we wrap up, I, I want you to talk about, just tell us about the Mushroom Club, because it's pretty cool. It's yeah. another part of Ashland that we need to we need to know about. <laughs> yeah, so I started the Mushroom Club. It's called the Woman to Mushroom Club two years ago this month. So we're celebrating our two-year anniversary, and we just went on our hike for that this past weekend, which was a lot of fun. Between platforms, we have almost a 1,000 members, which is crazy. Um, I knew that people wanted to have a mushroom club, but I had no idea that we'd have the response that we have. It's been amazing. We just, we get big groups of people together every month for classes, workshops, 
group forages, and it really has turned out to be this community builder, which I think is the most important part of it. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's education. It's, I've got a little bit of knowledge, you've got a little bit of knowledge, let's put this together and make a class. It's a lot of collaboration between local farmers, local homesteaders, local mycology experts, and myself, who is just an amateur mycologist. But um, it's been a lot of fun. And I think the big goal for us is making sure that people know that there's sustainable options uh, for organic housing or, like, you know, making your own garden, using mushrooms for healing, um, using them for brain functioning and body functioning. That's amazing. But also just the fact that, you know, maybe someone I know is growing lion's mane mushroom and I'm growing tomatoes and I've got eggs and we can start working together as a community to start sharing amongst ourselves. And I think that was really the big goal is just connecting people with farmers, connecting people with their land, with their health and with knowledgeable outlets. That's the big thing. Yeah. And just getting outside in nature, walking, mm -hmm. exploring. And I yeah. see you do that with kids too, which I think yes. is really cool as well. And Leslie, you have to go on her Instagram, the pictures of the mushrooms. They're works of art. It's beautiful. Wow. All right. I'm totally doing I'm totally in. I'm totally in. All right. We're, we're at the time where we do our soulful stretch. Oh, it's that time of the episode where we reflect on something that may have opened our mind, changed our beliefs, or something we want to dive in deeper. Mm. So there was a lot I that a lot. I could have picked from this conversation. Um, and... They're escaping my mind right now, so I'm stalling while I think about it. So, Well, mine was definitely truth. I mean, I feel like we always, I think we already know the truth. And so I, I think going to a spiritual coach like yourself, having an oracle reading can help release that truth, the truth that you already know. So that was my soulful stretch. I think for me, my soulful stretch is really allowing truth to resonate I don't have to accept it in the moment, but I can I can allow it to ponder my heart, tickle my brain, but but not reject it outright and just allow it to to breathe into me. I think that would be my soulful mm -hmm. stretch. Yeah. All right, you're up. Absolutely. Gosh, I would say mine has just been I guess the ability to hold space for people. That's a good one, too. You know, I think, like, my... The most difficult thing I find whenever my ego comes into play is I see so badly that the person wants that change. I see it that they're ready for it, mm -hmm. but I see that there's something that they're putting in the way. It's holding space for that person and not making them feel judged for that. That's the big thing, is just making sure that the person knows that there is no time frame. There is no you have to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Wherever your feet take you is the path. You're not off of it. You just have to breathe through it. And I think that's that's a big thing for all practitioners. Yeah. Not pushing, just holding. That's just holding good. space. That's good. Well, Ashlyn, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for your insight and all your wonderful stories and words. And just it's been awesome. Thank you, Leslie, as always, my lovely sister here, even though you've rolled your eyes at me a couple times during this episode. But she's my big sis, and I love her. Um, also, thank you, Signal Fire Media, and to all our listeners. Um, we believe wellness starts within, and you can unlock unlimited possibilities with energetic healing. So we want you, we ask you to embrace the woo. Dabble, dive, or discover your next healing experience on the Soul Shape app. 
Um, we hope you've enjoyed this soulful stretch, and we encourage you to do something to raise your vibration today because the ripple effects are endless. Join us again, and be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the Soul Shape Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. See you next episode. Bye. Bye.